Welcome back to another episode of the Books and Such podcast with Max and Caleb. I'm Max. I'm Caleb. And let's talk about some books. And such. Nice. Today, we're going to be discussing the seminal novel by William Golding, Lord of the Flies. Now, Lord of the Flies uh, is quantified as a lot of different genres, but kind of the main ones are fiction, realistic fiction, that is, and it's a coming-of-age story. Now, <laughs> Lord of the Flies serves as William Golding's kind of magnum opus, really his um, his commentary on how he sees the world, which is probably influenced by uh, his time, both uh, serving in World War II and then as a school teacher for young boys afterwards, based on the subject matter of the novel. I mean, he must have had some pretty horrible students to then write a book <laughs> like Lord of the Flies. Yeah. He must really have disliked them. Who do you think he based Piggy off of? Oh, poor kid. Unlucky child. <laughs> so... It's pretty widely accepted that William Golding's experiences in World War II influenced his worldview uh, and his writing. He actually served um, at the invasion of Normandy um, on D-Day, <coughs> where I'm sure he saw many horrible things, yeah. which kind of um, uh, influenced the savagery that's displayed within the novel. Uh, Caleb, do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the main characters in the novel? The novel's premise is basically that a plane full of schoolboys went down somewhere over the ocean and only the children survived. The only adult on the plane being the pilot died in the crash. Yeah, it's it's pretty Im- strongly implied that they're escaping a kind of nuclear war or uh, some such event. Uh, and yes, they do crash on a I guess it is a desert island. I've never quite understood why you would call a tropical island a desert island. I it's guess it has, deserted. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. that's more what it has to do with. But yes, it is uh, basically the story of this group of boys who kind of get separated into these different castes, like a caste system almost. You have Ralph, uh, who kind of serves as an early leader of the boys. Uh, Jack, who's a member of the boys' choir, uh, who was on the plane, who eventually is put in charge of the group that's called the Hunters. They become somewhat of a militia. Exactly, somewhat of a militia. You have Piggy, who's a kind of an overweight boy who's bullied pretty harshly by the other boys. Um, He's very loyal to Ralph. Very very loyal to Ralph and kind of uh, one of the last remnants of sanity, I'd say, in the group. He's actually the one who, along with Ralph, finds... uh, the conch, conch, whatever you want to call it, on the beach, which then serves as kind of a talking stick uh, for the rest of the boys. Uh, then you have the group known as the Lulans, who are the much younger boys, basically yes. the children, who uh, <clears throat> even in the society of younger of children are the youngest and the weakest of the weak and have to be taken care of by the other boys. Yes, often seen as a burden by those in uh, Jack's choir group yeah. and mm-hmm. something that needs to be protected by those who listen to Ralph. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you have kind of the middle of the ground uh, characters uh, such as Simon, uh, who is almost almost ends up being a kind of I, I, I hesitate to use the word shaman, but <laughs> he kind of is, is shown to have this oddly primal connection to nature. Yes. Um, and then you have the twins, Sam and Eric, who are referred to as Sam and Eric as, as one, one word, unit. Uh, who are seen entirely as just one one singular unit. 
they're tasked with uh, tending the rescue fire that uh, Ralph is so fond of. I think now would be a good time to talk a little bit about uh, almost the philosophy behind the novel. Yes. Um, so basically in Lord of the Flies, the boys start off as a uh, fairly civilized, um, but they very quickly devolve from their playing and their general lightheartedness into uh, savagery, basically. Yes. Um, and this kind of reflects uh, the philosopher Thomas Hobbes' view that people are born innately evil. Um, and the only reason they act morally is due to societal pressures on them. Which is seen actually very early in the novel as when everyone, as soon as the novel starts, it's very recent after the plane yeah. goes down. And so everybody is handling it very differently mm -hmm. with the young ones mostly just throwing sand and playing in the water on yeah. the beaches. And then the older ones uh, first kind of just walk around finding out what they want to do, but then also realize that something has to be done to either make a rescue effort or just to survive there. They start talking about food and water and more importantly to uh, what the author thought was how they're going to um, – maintain order yeah the, um, very quickly uh after the plane crash plane crash i'm sorry they find the conch shell and decide they need to elect a leader and organize uh some method of devising their rescue <coughs> this was done actually in a very juvenile way which was when ralph found the conch shell he blew it as like a horn yeah and just the boy's natural instinct all the boys on the island just went to the noise. Yeah. And that kind of formed the earliest rule that they had was when you heard the conch, you go to this area on the beach, it's time for a meeting. It's time for a, a, a clan meeting. Yes. And at this first meeting, they decided, well, we need somebody to lead us. Yeah. And simply that was Ralph because he was the man that founded the horn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he very quickly decides that um, a signal fire is the best way for them to uh, be rescued, hoping that a passing plane will see either the fire itself or smoke. Uh, this is when they decide, actually, I'm sorry, this is, uh, this is the first thing they do. They light a fire using Piggy's eyeglasses, another yes. thing he's made fun of for, along with his weight. Uh, in Although general. Piggy sees that as a sign of usefulness. Yeah, exactly. He, he provided the only way to make a fire. Yeah, he really and he clings to that throughout when people will mock him and things like that. Um, but the boys quickly uh, abandon the fire in terms of no one's watching it. They don't tend yes. to it. They just play in the sand. They assume the fire's lit and they can do yeah, what they want. And this leads to them accidentally spending, I'm sorry, accidentally lighting half of the jungle on fire. Yes. Um, which uh, actually one of the youngest boys in the group disappears at this point and yes. isn't seen. And they presume that he, he passed away in the fire. Yes. Um, which is a real just wake up a, call to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think they need to be more responsible, especially I think that's when you kind of start to see the rift between Ralph and Jack and their reactions to that event. I think that's yes. the catalyst that, pushes Ralph into the, we need to set a watch on the fire. We need to focus on rescue. We need to get out of here. 
whereas Jack almost is militarized. Jack turns very primal. Absolutely. In which he finds that the best solution now is to just continue surviving on the island and not relight a fire. And he and his band of boys that listen to him, the only thing they care about is now killing a wild boar that they saw yeah. and providing meat as as they believe that providing meat specifically is the best thing one can do for his as, group yeah. or clan. It really goes into a kind of fight or flight instinct and Jack goes straight to fight. Yes. Uh, and Ralph, in a sense, goes to flight, goes to we need to be rescued, but not in a, I don't think in a fearful way. I think in it's a more somewhat yeah. logical way. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Fairly quickly as time goes by, the youngest children, the little ones, uh, begin to tell the older boys uh, about something they call the beastie. Yes. Um, and this is a uh, this is a creature that they claim to see during the night and in the shadows, and that it's basically tormenting them, and they're uh, they're having nightmares, and they're terrified. Which very easily could stem from them being young children on an island alone, and they just. One story leads to a fear of the whole group. Absolutely, one of the one of the arguments uh, Ralph tries to use is that where would it hide? Yep. And this is when one of the little ones suggests that it hides in the sea, which yep. is a prospect that really terrifies the boys, and I think um, hardens Jack's resolve that the island is safety and the island is where they need to be. Um, it's pretty accepted. Uh, in the literary analysis of Lord of the Flies, that the beastie is an allegory for the quote-unquote beast inside of each of the boys. Yes. Um, that it's almost this primal, deeply subconscious entity that kind of lives in the shadows of your mind uh, and uh, they're isolation from society is allowing it to come to the forefront to to be to overtake their personality eventually um jack is able to successfully lead um his hunting tribe in the murder of a uh, a sow yes a uh, a female pig um and this is actually an event which is seen uh Almost as there, some uh, academics will draw comparisons between this scene to almost a rape scene yes. in other such novels because of the female uh, use of a sew, mm -hmm. uh, the fascination with blood and the primal and um, the chance yes. that they use while while they've succeeded in this hunt, and it's almost a used as a representation of the fact that these boys are prepubescent pubescent boys mm -hmm. who um, in this primal landscape are awakening things within themselves, um, which to me plays into the kind of accepted prudeness, I guess you could say, of British culture. Yep. They're, they've always been seen as very proper and prim. And I think that uh, William Golding, using the vocabulary and the description that he paints of this event, 
is showing almost that sexualness of the scene is in a very yeah. negative light, I think is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get at here. Um, which to me really just adds on to the whole uh, people are inherently disgusting creatures and the only thing keeping them in check are these societal expectations. Yes. Now the killing of this pig was also very key to the plot as while Jack had never really agreed that Ralph should be the leader simply by finding the, the shell on the beach, him bringing food to all the boys really started turning the tides of the masses towards listening to Jack before it was only his, um, his previous associates from the choir yeah, that, that followed tribe. him. But as soon as all the, the youngins and any other just nondescript characters realized that Jack and his crew were capable of bringing down a beast and while their morbid curiosity kind of also enjoyed the fact that they, they kind of slaughtered it and it was much more brutal than necessary to, to gather meat from an animal and all the boys were kind of drawn to that. And there was a shift in power from people listening to Ralph to Ralph being left alone with Piggy and Sam and Eric and Simon essentially and everybody else listening to Jack. Yeah, he's now seen as a protector and a provider, which uh, to the boys is everything at this point. Um, At this time, uh, just previously to the hunt, there is what's implied to be a dogfight above the island, and it's shown that a parachuter uh, is killed, and his corpse and the parachute float down on the island and land uh, up on the mountain. Um, in kind of uh, a jungle area. Um, the flapping of the parachute is shown to heighten the fear of the little ones and even the older boys of the beastie, of yes. the beast. Brings um, it to a reality for some of them. Exactly. So that becomes a very physical representation of their fear. So that happening just before Jack successfully kills this cell, it's it's like the perfect timing for him uh to all of a sudden be seen as a uh, as a strong strong yes. man, um, even and, making the claims that he's going to hunt the beast. Exactly. He he. Claim, whereas Ralph is still almost claiming there is no beast, Jack is claiming that he can defeat the beast. Um, one of the things they do upon getting back to the camp is they've beheaded the sow and they mount its head on a pike yes. as what's supposed to be an offering to the beast, which is another very interesting thing that Jack is both saying that he's going to hunt the beast, but also is almost accepting it, which yes. I think really strengthens the argument that it is an allegory for their own nature, uh, that Jack is the one who's uh, almost going native and fully yes. accepting uh, what's happening to them. Um, and it's at this point that Simon, who has taken to lying in this meadow uh, just a ways off from the beach and daydreaming a lot of the time, um, Upon seeing the rotting, uh, fly-ridden head, which is the Lord of the Flies, yes. um, begins to hallucinate and is basically told that what we've been speaking of is told that it's their nature, that the beast is when, with is them, is within all of them. Um, and in this realization, he begins to stumble around the island and finds the corpse of the parachutist and realizes yes. what's happened. He goes to tell the other boys, uh, 
but they are having this very Bacchanalian almost <laughs> celebration of revelry where they're chanting and reenacting the hunt by the fire yes. in, in the light. And they're, they're just mad with almost bloodlust and even Piggy and Ralph join in. It, it gets to them, um, which I think is an important thing that there is no one in this, in this novel that is shown as infallible except for really the adults. Yeah. Um, and even they, to an extent aren't, but they are the, because of, I guess you could also say their lack of involvement. They're really not in the novel much. They they don't have time to be shown as a yes. lot. But it, it, that is important to me in showing that Piggy and Ralph are not above, are not are not holier than, are not yes. are not uh, so far removed that they can't experience these primal urges and feelings. They spend much of the novel trying to maintain some form of order and just not completely descend into chaos with the others, but it reaches a point during their reenactment and their party of sorts that they see no reason to resist anymore just for that moment that they feel that maybe it's not completely wrong they to in, revel yeah. in what had been done. It basically appeals very deeply to their um, uh, hedonistic tendencies. Yes. Um, and it's, it's on this scene that Simon stumbles upon and uh, upon seeing Simon's kind of shadowy figure at the edge of the fireside. He's still in a daze. He's shambling almost and tripping. Um, the boys mistake him for the beast in their, in their frenzy. And they fall upon him with hands and teeth and just pull and rip. And, and, and they end up, they, they killed Simon. Yes. Um, which I think is extremely interesting as it's shown that Simon at this point has had this epiphany, has had this realization. It's, it's, it's a physical manifestation of them killing society almost of killing the hope for their rejuvenation seemingly. Um, and upon realizing what's happening, Ralph and Piggy are disgusted and, uh, <clears throat> and just can't, can't handle what has just happened uh, can't believe what they've just done. Um, and then there's a, immediately following this, there's a terrible storm, just a just yes. horrible storm uh, that washes Simon's body to sea. Um, and it's just, it almost hammers home the lesson, seemingly, that Ralph and Piggy have just been taught. Uh, I think it's, it's, William Golding has made his metaphor through the school children, through the beast, through the murder of Simon, and now through nature itself. Yeah, I think is is really what's happening there. He's he's not I, subtle. No, he's, he's using not, every avenue he can. It's not the most subtle thing, and that's the thing. This is not this is not a subtle book. There's subtext, but it's it's you just, don't have to try hard to find it. It's just beneath the surface. This is this is a book written by a man who is entirely disillusioned. Um, with the way he sees the world and the order of things. And uh, he wants you to know. He wants you to see it. He doesn't want you to mistake what he is saying to you. Um, And that brings up why there are many people who dislike this novel, um, who fundamentally disagree. uh, Well, for one, on on the surface level, a lot of people don't like this novel for the the sheer fact of them being children. Yeah. The fact that they don't like to see young boys that should be seen as more innocent and 
pure people who haven't yet been jaded by the world as this violent and cruel and accidentally murderous at yeah. times to it's just very unsettling for many readers although yeah. it was very important for i believe it was key to this novel that william golding used children instead of just absolutely lost um adults i think that's what makes this novel i think that's what drives home his idea that it's from birth yes i think is what that what that does and there, there are people who disagree, uh, people who would agree more with the theory of uh, a philosopher like a, a Jacques Rousseau, who believes that people are inherently good, that within all of us is the capability to do good and to be good, um, and that this evil, this, uh, this falling into these primal animalistic tendencies, <coughs> excuse me, is something that can be uh, resisted and that can be, um, it's not a foregone conclusion, basically. I think another aspect of the novel uh, that William Golding is using to highlight a problem he sees within society is this conflict between the ideas of individualism and groupthink, yes. which actually kind of harkens back to our previous podcast on 1984, uh, yeah. which if you haven't listened to, uh, please check it out. But... Um, I think, yeah, it's it's really the the tribe thinking of uh, Jack and his followers and that mob mentality that eventually yes. draws the boys to him versus the kind of individuality and the idea of the strength of personality and character that he's trying to show in Ralph and Piggy by uh, resisting this eventuality and thinking for themselves and uh, yes. not just going with... Uh, group sentimentality and even on the most physical level ralph and <coughs> under ralph's leadership he was separating people like i know that's pretty on the nose for this theme but yeah. ralph assigned sam and eric to tend the fire and other boys to get fuel for the fire and other mm -hmm. boys to bring it up exactly. he separated everybody but under jack's under jack's i'll use the word control everybody was just one mass that just moved and hunted together yeah um absolutely i think that's a big part of it um it's almost like a living, a living mob, a living entity uh, is shown uh, through the um, the following of Jack. Um, now, obviously, this conflict between Ralph and Jack comes to a head, uh, and things happen, and uh, there is a winner and there is a loser, and. We're not going to say who those yeah, are. Because, gotta leave I mean, a reason to read the book. Yeah, we've already said quite a fair bit, and I don't think we want to go not much too much more, farther. Yeah, no. much more in through through the plot. Yeah, through the events within the novel. Because um, right now we'd like to leave it with a couple of fundamental questions, which are: um, Do you believe that humans are inherently good? Which is something we've or avoided to not get to exactly. theological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't particularly want to delve into that. We all have opinions on it. Yeah, we do. So that's an interesting topic to think about just on your own time. Uh, who would you agree with? Um, the Hobbes or the Rousseau? Uh, or a fine line down the middle. <laughs> or a fine line down the middle, exactly. Um, what do you think will happen? between uh, Jack and Ralph, who will yep. triumph in a sense. Uh, so social norms and morality 
or this primal animalistic uh, hedonism. It's, it's a pretty stark contrast between logic versus popular opinion. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Um, and then on a base level, just as a kind of hook to try and get you to read the book, do you think they'll be rescued? Uh, do you think that uh, they'll just stay on this island and maybe someone wins and someone doesn't? Do you think maybe they'll try and devise their own way of leaving the island? Do you think that someone will see the signal fire? Does the signal fire even last? I mean, uh, once Jack is seen as the one who's more in charge than Ralph, uh, there's a lot of questions um, to be answered. Uh, and the best way to find out the answers to those questions, barring, of course, the philosophical ones, is by reading the novel Lord of the Flies by William Golding, a seminal piece of young adult literature. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Books and Such with Max and Caleb. I'm Max. I'm Caleb. And you just listened to us talking about books. And such. Thank you so much. <laughs>